Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jessalitis. Uh, still to come, I, I did promise you I gotta go, uh, I gotta go find those tickets. I, I got tickets for Sunday's game, uh, against Northwestern at home in Mackey. We'll give you a chance to win those coming up here in just a little bit. But, uh, one game at a time as the coach speak goes and IU Hate Week continues. Uh, we go to our Hammerhead hotline. We bring in Dustin Nopirak, who is, uh, uh my favorite of the, uh, I mean this. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not just because you're on the show. My favorite of the IU beat writers because, uh, I, I do believe that he is probably one of the most impartial ones there too, and the fact that he's also uh, doesn't hurt either. Dustin, how are you, buddy? I was going to say it's really the it's really the injury thing that keeps me getting back on the show. <laughs> That's that is a little bit of a bias there. It's a little <laughs> bit there. <laughs> there's, there's your bias. That's really what it is. It's yeah, the stuff which. That's how we roll, frankly. Let's be serious. Yeah, no. That's we, how we operate. We have a club. Mm-hmm. We all have, like, secret Dakota rings and everything, too, all of us here in the media. That we, have are, own, we have our own language, and that's it. Yeah, yeah and all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. You know, and that. We, yeah. we talk like that. That's how it goes. There, oh, my gosh, you sound like my Aunt Pat right now. Let's not do this. I know. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> anyway. All right, so... Um, uh, by the way, Dustin does write uh, for the Bloomington Herald Times, Indianapolis Star, you know, uh, places that uh, Purdue fans love to uh, read all this stuff. Uh, so here, here's the big thing up here, and, and I'll ask you, and I'm going to try to be completely unbiased about, uh, about my stuff here, but my daughter is uh, now five and has never seen uh, Indiana beat Purdue in basketball. Uh, I think that's a wonderful world to live in. It's a big deal up here, but... Um, how are they taking that down south there? It's got to be on their mind. It's been, you know, how many straight games since they've had a victory over Purdue? And at one point, you got to say enough's enough, right? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, they're certainly bothered by it. It goes back to 2016, and that's the last time they had a really good team. I mean, those things coincide. Um, so it, it's obviously something that bothers them. It's obviously something that comes in that they, they want to change. Obviously, they're being coached. Uh, by an alum now, and I, he reminded us today, basically his last game uh, as a college player was a loss to Purdue. That's the only time Purdue and Indiana have ever played in the NCAA tournament was 1980. Uh, Purdue wins that game and goes ends up going to the Final Four. You know, Indiana loses that game, and that's when Mike Woodson's college career ends. Uh, so, I mean, obviously they're, they're motivated by it. They don't want to lose at home at all. They haven't lost at home under Mike Woodson so far. Obviously, this is the biggest test that they're, they're going to face. So, obviously, they're motivated about it. How much will motivation matter when you've got to deal with the kind of weapons that Purdue has? I mean, that's an entirely different question. It's, I mean, you, you can really want to run around, you know, everywhere, you know, trying to defend those guys as badly as you want to, but actually executing that is a different ballgame. I feel like that there has been that buy into Woodson, though, and, and it's starting to pay a little bit of dividends. I, I think defensively, Indiana's been a lot better than I thought they would. I mean, between Trace and, and Race in the paint, uh, I think they do a great job of slowing uh, a lot of offenses down. Uh, it's just the offensive side of the ball that hasn't really clicked much outside of Trace Jackson Davis, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they've got, uh, it, what they really have is a, is a collection of, I mean, they've, they've got an All-American in the middle in, in Trace Jackson Davis, but outside of that, they've got a lot of one-dimensional players on offense. And you're, you're right, they absolutely have been uh, a lot better defensively that they have not all the pieces you need. I mean, they could use a really good, like, kind of wing defender. Uh, they've got guys on the bench that are okay, and Trey Galloway and, and Tamar Bates can can be good. I think will be good right eventually. He's not great right now. Um, but the, they've got all the pieces you really need defensively. Trace Jackson Davis has been allowed to go block shots this year. Basically, Archie Miller was not letting him go off his man uh, to block shots last year. Now Mike Wilson is, is begging him to do that, and he's got 50 blocks by doing it. 
Um, so that all works together defensively. I mean, their efficiency numbers on defense are terrific. I mean, I think they're uh, top five in the country in terms of giving up twos. Um, but, you know, offensively, yeah, they're, they're just very one-dimensional. Obviously, Trace is, is tough to start stop when he gets the ball uh, on the block, especially if you're single covering him. Race Thompson does a good job as, as kind of that, you know, junkyard dog type of player who just, uh, you know, you don't, they don't run a lot of stuff for him, but he gets, you know, putbacks and, you know, he gets the ball in the paint sometimes and, and makes some floaters and things from time to time. But at guard, I mean, they've got, they've got two shooters in Miller Cobb and Parker Stewart. At least finally they have shooters, but those guys aren't really creating their own. You got to run some stuff for them and, and, and get some space for them. They're not scoring a whole lot if they don't. Got a couple guys that can get there on the bounce. Xavier Johnson has, has done that, but he's not really a shooter. Same deal for Rob Finnessy. Um, Tamar Bates hasn't scored in the way they thought he would, uh, and, and I still think he can. But he's, I think, the only guy that, that really has potential to be that kind of three-level scorer that can beat you from three, uh, the mid-range and going to the rim. Um, and some of the fact that he's not, he's really been on track. I don't think he's scored more than two points in a game uh, since the middle of December. So they they only have so many pieces, and they're, they're just trying to get by with what they have. And, you know, again, they're... They can be okay on offense, but there's just it, it, it's very scoutable. It's very easy for I think teams to figure out what they want to do, uh, and it's not that hard to take it away. Trace is really the only thing that even if you know what's coming with him, he still manages to score. Dustin, talking to uh, Dustin Dapirak here on our Hammerhead Hotline. So when teams have exploited an Achilles heel, you think for Indiana, what do they seem to attack the most and have the most success with? I think uh, as far as defending them, I think it's just making sure that there's somebody to run around with Parker Stewart. I mean, one move that Minnesota made that ended up burning them uh, was they doubled off the point guard and only doubled off the point guard and did so in such a sort of drastic fashion as to basically say, Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, please take threes. We're, we're literally, we might have to hand you a sandwich while you do it. You can take all week if you'd like. And Rob actually hit four uh, that way because they were giving him like 15 feet uh, and they had to start doing that after the break, stop doing that after the break. Um, but basically it's just making sure if, if, if you're getting up in Xavier Johnson and, and, and make it difficult on him to make decisions, force him to turn the ball over, uh, that helps. Um, just, just don't double trace the wrong way. And, and you can... You can single cover and decide you're going to give him 20, and if you just make sure that you just don't give Parker Stewart and Millicop any room to run, you've got a chance of holding them down. Uh, and I think that, that goes a long way, basically. If, 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 you, if you, you can live with Trace getting 25 if those guys aren't going to beat you. Uh, you know, obviously other teams, Marshall tried it and gave up 43, and you don't want to go that far with it. Uh, but if you've got somebody that can, they can provide good single coverage on Trace, uh, and give give up some points as long as you're not letting the shooters beat you. you know, you've got a chance, especially if you can shoot uh, really well on your own. If, if you can beat them in the three-point game, that's, that's a good way to beat Indiana for sure. I know they got the nice win against Ohio State, you know, undefeated at home, 11-0. The, the hang-up I have with that and giving them too much credit is, you know, eight of those 11 wins are what quad, uh, they're quad four wins. The other three are quad three wins. Uh, they're, they're not, it just doesn't seem like they were tested very much uh, during the uh, non-conference season, didn't really leave Bloomington either. I don't know if that's. I know traffic getting in on Saturdays for football is terrible. I, I don't know what it's like to get out of Bloomington uh, at a reasonable time here, though. But uh, you get a sense that maybe not pushing them a little bit more in the non-conference is going to hurt them come down the stretch. Well, see, it's easier to get out now because they finally finished that stretch, stretch of I-69. It's been oh, a long that's time. Good. That's been a godsend for me. Let me tell you. Um, but no, I mean, I think. It, on some level, I mean, Mike Woodson's um, explanation I thought made sense. Uh, basically, you know, when, when he took the job, he was like, "Look, like I want to schedule tough, but I don't know what I have yet." 
And so now that I, since I don't, I'm, I'm not going to push this team. Basically, we have these games that are already set in stone through, uh, you know, kind of the conference, um, you know, basically the, the predetermined contracts. It's basically the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the Gavit Games, and the Crossroads Classic. So they got St. John's, Syracuse, and Notre Dame that way. And then those aren't, you know, terrible games or anything like that. Obviously, they, get, they go out and get beat by Syracuse. Uh, you know, beat Notre Dame at home that, or, or at the Crossroads, that ends up, you know, is, is looking like a better and better game. Notre Dame's finally, you know, winning enough to make that one like it might get to be uh, a quad one win. And St. John's, I think, was, was still a nice win at home. Um, and that, that'll push you. But I think, I mean, it's, it's possible that they should have been pushed harder, but I understand Woodson's way of looking at it. And it's like, I don't know what I have. I haven't coached college basketball ever. Um, so let me get a chance to see what I have and go into a season knowing what I'm bringing in. And then maybe I'll schedule more difficultly. Now I want to just see what we got, you know, pick up some wins, get some momentum, create some confidence in these guys. Uh, and go from there. So I understand that logic. I mean, it's possible that when you, when you look back at it, you say, okay, well, they were further along uh, and they could have used a couple more tests. Um, but especially now that you're, you're having two Big Ten games in December, I, I don't know that they're that far uh, behind in terms of how much they needed to be pushed. I mean, they need to go you know, on the road somewhere and get smashed. You know, I don't know. And they've already decided next year they're going to play, play Kansas in place of the Crossroads Classic. So they're at least saying, all right, well, there's, there's uh, a signal we're showing there. And I think part of it was obviously kind of uh, not thumbing their nose at the crossroads, but saying, hey, this is what we were trying to do the whole time. This is why we wanted to leave this event. Um, and so, I, 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 again, I see where he was coming from. I guess they could have been more pushed if, if um, you know, again, if he had a better sense of, of what he had. If, if this was his second year with these guys, he might have done it. Uh, but I think it just he, he wanted to get a sense of what it looked like because, you know, he was bringing in a whole bunch of other parts that were transfers. You know, a couple freshmen just didn't know how good this team could be in, in college. And it's still just okay. I mean, it's, it's you know, going to be a, a bubble team, maybe slightly better. Um, so I understand why I didn't want to push it. But it, it might have helped if there was one or two more games on there that were more of a test. Dustin, what's it been like interacting with Coach Woodson? I, you, you've been on beats for you know, quite some time here. you talked to a lot of different coaches. Uh, what's your general impression of him? What do you like most about the guy? Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's an interesting guy to talk to. He's got that old, like wise old owl uncle thing to him, you know, and, uh, he definitely like try is from a media perspective. He's no matter what kind of angle we're going for, he tries to slide, slow it down. Like, whoa, 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 hold, hold on. Like, and so it's tough to really, it's tough to really get him going on something and, and turn that into a story. You get some coaches that, um, you know, really like to kind of di- dive into something and, and, and painters like that, you know, basically it's, it, and now, um, it, that he'll really get going deep into something. And he's got sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to say hobby horses, but I mean, he, he's got opinions and theories and, and, and from an on-court perspective, but also a bigger picture college basketball perspective. And Mike's obviously just figuring out and just figuring out how, how to win uh, it, when it comes to college basketball. And I think generally he's just sort of like, you know, just trying to go with really basic stuff like, yeah, well, well you know, they're, they're tough. We've got to play hard. And that's all you're really getting out of him right now. Um, but, uh, he's good for one, you know, sort of B list curse word, uh, every press conference, which is fun. Um, and, uh, you know, he's good for, uh, accidentally, you know, talking about recruits when he's not supposed to and not totally knowing the whole NCAA rule book yet, which is entertaining as well. Um, but, uh, he's, he, he definitely is a little bit still stranger in a strange land when it comes to having coached in the NBA this long. Um, and just, you know, starting to figure out the culture of, of college and, and what the game is like and how it's changed. Uh, and really the 40 years that, that he's been away from it, more than 40 years. Uh, and so it's been interesting to kind of watch him guide through that and, and, 
and try to – he just constantly seems to be kind of slowing the train down every time he's having a press conference. So like when we're delving into playing time and rotations, we want to know why this guy isn't playing or why that guy isn't playing. Well, oh, hold on. You know, i got to play some guys. You know, everybody everybody take a minute here, and that's sort of how he operates. Uh, and I think it's mostly because he's still getting his footing. It's, it's will be interesting to see how he involves into that as, as he spends a couple more years co- coaching college basketball. So he's hitting you with the, whoa, whoa, slow down there, young man. Let's just take our time yeah, for a moment. Yeah, that's exactly what it that, is. Huh? He's, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's got he's got that big he's got that kind of slow drawl. He, he's lived in Atlanta for a long time, even though he's an indie guy. He sounds like he's from the south. So uh, that like he's oh hold on, young man, take a minute here. Okay, wait a minute, like, know, so. like a genuine southerner or like uh, like a Brian Kelly? <laughs> I'm down in the south yeah, southerner. Not like Brian Kelly, not faking it. He's, <laughs> he's definitely a, he's definitely a transplant, but earned his time. He's, he's lived in Atlanta for a long enough time now that he can he can earn that. I think. Dustin Apirak, again, writes for the Bloomington Herald Time, Indie Star, and he's got, uh, well, you still do, uh, don't you do a thing with uh, Osterman, too? Don't you guys have, you guys have a podcast and stuff, too? We do, we do, we do. He's been, uh, he's on on uh, uh, paternity leave right now. They just had their second, so we haven't been podcasting in a while, so we're going to wait till he gets back and get rolling on that again. But, yeah, we got the, the Mind Your Banners podcast uh, that we'll get, you know, we'll get rolling here in maybe a week or two, hopefully, when he gets, you know, back off leave. So, indeed. Well, nothing welcomes a new child into the world like a uh, Purdue win over Indiana. I'll say that. So I hope we can get <laughs> started go. off with the bank. Uh, Dustin DePierre, again, follow him on Twitter. Great follow as well. You'll love him. Uh, buddy, I can't thank you enough for uh, stepping in here and uh, putting us up on IU. Uh, best of luck with the rest of the season. We'll talk again soon, all right? Anytime. Thank you so much. You the man, buddy. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Let me go see if I can dig up these uh, Purdue basketball tickets for you, huh? You want to do that? Sold out on Sunday. We'll give you a chance to win them. That's coming up next here on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 101.